We are the loudest stadium in the world on record. 42, 142 decibels. Did you guys break the record this week? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe uh, we're going to have to break it this week because uh, a lot of Cincinnati Bengals fans are calling it Burrowhead instead of Burrowhead. Burrowhead. Whoa. Yeah. No, the disrespect one, to Arrowhead they're, they're, continues. They're throwing, they're, throwing, they're throwing a lot of bullets and board material out there, Ron. Windows my whole career. I thought I had a good day yesterday. Obviously, it's things you had to work through here and there. Um, but overall, probably better than I expected being able to go out there and, and throw the football around and get the reps in that I needed to get in. Bob, square pants. I'm just excited to be playing football, man. That's the that's what comes with the game, you know. Uh, we like Coach Reed said, we don't do no talking. We just go handle business when it's time to go. What is it about that Bengals offense that maybe impresses you the most? You played it a few times. Nothing. Okay. Just crushed my dreams. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. I love the reporter sheepishly saying, "Okay." <laughs> like I, I, I'm writing this story. I kind of, I kind of need a little more than one word. No, he's got to know that when you get, when the guy says nothing to that question, that 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 is the that is the quote, and you need to push him a little more. I mean, when he says nothing instead of just oh okay, you need to be like really nothing, and see if you can get him to just rip the bangles more than just saying nothing. Be fun. I do like Burrowhead. That's a fun name. Yeah, Burrowhead. Burrowhead Stadium. Yeah, that'll be fun. They should call it that if the Bengals go there and win. The again, Bengals right? win again. He's four zero against Mahomes. Call it Burrowhead. That'll be fun. All right. It is uh, only late January. That does not mean that the NFL media has stopped producing mock drafts. It is officially mock draft season. And the Raiders with the top 10 pick are going to be fun in mock drafts. CBS Sports did one. And I'm just going to present it to you as uh, factually as I can without giving any sort of indication of my opinion on this. Because I'm curious what yours is. CBS Sports had the Raiders trading up to number one <laughs> with the Chicago Bears. The Bears probably going to try to trade out of that pick, and they had the Raiders moving up to one. I'll tell you this. They draft C.J. Stroud in this mock draft, but that's not the important part. Here's the part that I'm curious about. The mock trade to get the Raiders up to one in the mock draft would be the Raiders trading away their first-round pick in 2023, so this year. to number seven. 2024 and 2025 mm-hmm. as well sure. as their second round pick this year, their third round pick this year, their third round pick next year, plus a fourth and a fifth round pick. Okay. Can we also throw in Waller, Renfro, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I don't know who's uh, Crosby. Go ahead. Throw in Crosby. <laughs> yeah, he can dunk. We saw that on the video. He's a good dunker. Not much defense uh, played against them. So if you, as you said yesterday, if you truly believe he's the franchise guy, he's the, you know, can't miss guy who's going to take you to wherever you want to go. I don't know if that's a lot. If you truly believe he's the guy. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I, I, I don't know if it's too much. If you believe he's the franchise quarterback, but now, the way you put it yesterday, you'd get rid of this kid in four years. I anyway. would. I would. <laughs> so yeah. you He'd wouldn't have any, you wouldn't have any picks left to, to, get, your, to yeah. get your new quarterback. So here, there's two things. Number one, I don't believe that any NFL team can truly believe with like 100 percent certainty that a quarterback is going to be the guy. Going to be the guy. I don't believe that anybody's going to have that uh, that much conviction to be like we know it. 
he's the guy. You don't think they're egotistical enough to know, to think that? You're right. Maybe they are. But well, I mean, he definitely thought Tim Tebow was the guy. <laughs> hey, they want a playoff game. Yeah. Although I don't think McDaniel's was there for that. I think he was gone by then. So he threw the ball eight yards, and Demarius Thomas <laughs> ran seventy-two. The other part of it that would make it extremely hard is that the Raiders are not a quarterback away unless that quarterback is the best in the league, right? The Raiders are not a quarterback away. And if you draft a rookie quarterback, generally speaking, like the Brock Purdy's and the Jalen Hurts of the world, you need to surround them with a good team. And the best way to do that is to draft guys high in the draft. And so if you if you move up to one and you give up one second, two thirds, a fourth, a fifth, and three firsts to get there. But the first you're just swapping for this year, right? Right. So you're giving you're just, up two firsts. You're giving up two firsts. You're getting the one, they're getting the seven. You're decimating your best assets to put good players around CJ Stroud or whoever you take in that spot. The Bengals, for example, what do they have? Number one pick Joe Burrow. I think he went fifth, Jamar Chase. If you do this, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to then get another good player on a cheap contract in the next two years that you have C.J. Stroud. You're going to have to hit on second-round picks and fourth-round picks and fifth-round And round free picks. agency. They've been very bad at that. No, so. they have been, but you have to hit on it. <laughs> right. It just, I think, it, we, when we talk about, we talk about rookie contracts with the quarterbacks and what you're going to pay guys like Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo and all this and how it's such a big advantage to have the rookie quarterback over those types of guys. I think this falls into the same category because when you, the, the reason you want the rookie quarterback, even if he's worse, is because you have an extra $40 million to spend. And I think if I'm the Raiders, even though I don't actually know that Will Levis is going to be any good, I think I'd rather draft Will Levis at seven and have the assets here that I would be giving up in this trade to build the team around it than CJ Stroud and none of those assets. I don't think there's a, what I'm saying is I don't think there's a big enough difference between Stroud and Levis to justify giving away two firsts, two thirds, one second. I can see them believing there is. I mean, you, be- I, I you just, better be right. No, the, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Better yeah. be right. No, you better hit it on the uh, out of the park. Like if you're. If we look at this from a job security standpoint, if you make that trade for CJ Stroud and he's not a top five quarterback in like year two, you're probably getting fired because your team's not any good. Well, they're not good right now. Yeah, that's true. But like if if you trade all of that for Stroud and he is Derek Carr, Mac Jones. Ooh. Just a suitable starter on a rookie contract. Might be better off just trading for Mac Jones. Yeah, but if he if he just ends up being Mac Jones, just a suitable guy on a rookie contract, then you probably, better hit all your free agents. You're probably getting fired because your team's not any good. If you draft him and he's Zach Wilson, you're definitely getting fired. But you have to draft. He has. You draft him and he's Joe Burrow. He has to be Joe Burrow. That he has to be, which he could be, which he could. But that's like you're you giving. Know. You're giving yourself one path to success. And that is this quarterback is Joe Burrow. Right. And from a job security standpoint, that's tough to do. Because if you're right, good job. Pat on the back, franchise quarterback, team set up for a decade. If you're wrong, 
you're fired in year two and the team's in pretty rough shape because you gave up all these picks. So I just, I can't imagine doing that because I can't imagine thinking that Stroud is that much better than Levis or whoever, whoever you might be able to draft at seven or to be completely honest, giving up all that assets, you might be better off actually paying Derek Carr money to Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo than giving up all those assets. This was another story uh, from yesterday related to quarterbacks. Robert Sala was talking about hiring Nathaniel Hackett and he got asked about, you know, did you talk to Hackett about the quarterback situation? Cause they kind of don't have, they have like three, but none of them are actually good. Uh, he said the quarterback position was the number one concern rightfully so. And it was simple. We're committed to finding a veteran. We didn't get into names. So my first question is this. Can you say the quarterback position was the number one concern, but we didn't talk about names? No. Okay. No like, chance. there's no, no chance. Yeah. No chance. Well, I mean, if you're definitely like everyone in the rooms, like Zach Wilson, <laughs> like, they, then you didn't get into names. You just all went around the room going, this guy sucks. Yeah. yeah but then you get into, but then you well, say, who he doesn't the, suck. Right. This is him talking to Nathaniel Hackett. And being like, all right, I, we want you to be the offensive coordinator. And I'm assuming Nathaniel Hackett asks, what's the plan at quarterback? Right. And Robert Sala just said, we want Ro- a veteran. Robert Sala went, well, Denver's been calling a lot. <laughs> you think you could work with that guy? There's no way they didn't bring up names like no, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo. Or Derek Carr. Or just, yeah, Carr or a draft pick or whatever. Um, yeah. So... If you're the Jets, who would you be going after? Are you are you desperate I mean, for Brady or Rodgers, or do you are you shopping more in the Car Garoppolo Geno Smith range? I might be shopping for those guys, but I think they're talking about the first two, especially with Hackett there. We're gonna do this again, aren't we? An off season of Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers, and it never it actually never pans happens. out, and it never pans out. <laughs> I mean, don't you think that's what, Na- as they're bringing up names yesterday, you know Nathaniel Hackett brought him up. I guess. He, said, he had to. He said, yeah, but the Packers aren't going to trade him, so. Yeah, might have been, it might have ended there, but you know he wanted to talk Nathaniel about Nathaniel Hackett's getting these jobs by telling people, oh, yeah, they want to trade they Aaron want, Yeah, they want they want uh, Aaron Rodgers is coming. Just talking to LaFleur, they want to get rid of him, so hire me, and he he knows me. He has my phone. I don't know if he likes me, because he might not like anybody except Pat McAfee, but he knows me. <laughs> and he me. didn't like him a couple weeks ago. What did he do a couple weeks ago? Was he yelling uh, at him? Something, yeah, he was mad at him for something, but then he went back on the show. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's his platform. Yeah. It's the uh it's his, it's Aaron Rodgers' weekly platform in like the most controlled environment he can have. Technically, he could just do his own podcast, but going on the Pat McAfee show is like the safest environment for Aaron Rodgers. Right. Yeah, because he's allowed to talk the whole time. Right. He gets to speak his truth without right. being yeah, challenged on any of his bull bleep. Right. Yeah. So it's the it's the safe space for yeah. him to go talk every single week, and I'm sure it makes him feel good when he talks to McAfee, and then Sports Center and every other media outlet picks up, picks it up, and, and says, plays hey, it. Here's what he said, or whatever. Which, by the way, if I was McAfee, I don't think I'd challenge him either. I don't listen, Pat McAfee does a good show. It's unfair to credit his success to Aaron Rodgers, but his show took off in popularity because of Aaron when Rodgers. he had Aaron Rodgers right. on every single week after Aaron Rodgers. We found out, oh, he's not vaccinated and he and told everybody insane. he was. Yeah. Right. That's when McAfee really took off. Yeah. And, and now he's, he's the one that signed. Did he sign the fifty million dollar deal? Or am I confusing him with somebody else? 
No, I don't think you can lose. Okay, anyone. I think he signed a very large deal, but I don't know if I don't know fifty million is. The I exact might have number. just made that number up, but like it's with FanDuel or one if of, I was McAfee, I'd be like, "Yep, Aaron, you come on. I whatever you want me to ask, you can send me the questions ahead of time. Let's do it." Would you like to? If you'd like to, we could talk about your girlfriend who's named after a color. If not, wait, does he have well, a new girlfriend? I don't know. Oh, okay. All right, that pops up on my like. Sports feed so much that I'm like, okay, I do not give a crap who Aaron Rodgers is dating. All right, coming up next. By on the ESPN. way, the four year deal for McAfee is worth thirty million annually. Thirty million. Oh, I gave him too much credit. Coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, it's Bischoff's briefs. Bischoff's briefs, and that's how you scrabble. Coming up a little bit later in the show, Luke Bryan tickets. But in Bischoff's briefs, got a got a fun story for you. Well, not fun for everybody. Uh, former Ole Miss and Chiefs defensive tackle Jarrell Poe. He got arrested for kidnapping earlier this month. What? Yeah. So here's the story in Mississippi today about this. And Jarrell Poe invested $300,000 into a marijuana company with a guy named Bryce Mathis, who is a 28-year-old entrepreneur. Other people invested in this as well. After a year, uh, Jarrell Poe and some others demanded their money back. Uh, They met Bryce Mathis at a bank in Ridgeland, Mississippi, where Bryce Mathis said the money was being kept. Uh, But Bryce Mathis showed up so late that the bank was closed. So they stayed at a hotel and came back the next day. The next day when they're at the bank, police showed up and arrested Jarrell Poe and the others for kidnapping Bryce Mathis. Bryce Mathis. So they made him go to the hotel in a certain way. So Bryce Mathis told the bank teller when they got there that he was being kidnapped. And the police showed up and arrested Poe and the others. Um, Poe and the others have denied it, saying that he came on his own free will. That they said, hey, you know, meet us at this bank, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he came on his own free will. (laughs) But one of the, uh, oh, and police say, the only thing police would say is that they have text message evidence that there was a plan to kidnap him. Ah. Um, Well, I mean, if you didn't produce the money, you have a lot of (laughs) contingency plans. One of the details uh, from this story is that Bryce Mathis told police that Jarrell Poe, former defensive tackle in the NFL, Slept on top of Mathis's legs in the hotel bed to prevent him from escaping in the night. It's probably a big man, also. Yeah, I was gonna say no. That's not kidnapping. That's assault. Yes. So, Defensive tackle. So Mississippi Today did an entire story on this Bryce Mathis guy. They apparently have been uh, interviewing people there in their story. They said for multiple years about this Mathis? about this Bryce Mathis guy. Um, they said they spoke with more than a half dozen people who said Mathis either owed them money or failed to make promised investments. By their own tally, they estimate Mathis owes a combined $1.2 million. Uh, One of them said, I gave him $50,000. He magically went to Hawaii two weeks later. Wonder how he got that money. One time, after promising to pay for a business trip to Los Angeles... A former associate said Mathis gave him a region's debit card to use on expenses. It declined every time. (laughs) 
Over the past year, multiple people have left jobs to work for Mathis's startup companies, but were never paid. One of the employees didn't have money to buy his kids Christmas gifts this past year. When someone asked for their money back, Mathis claimed one of his employees was connected to a drug cartel and that if he saw Mathis take money out of the bank, the guy would kill his family. It's Bryce Matthews, guys. He, uh, he's a real good guy. That one is amazing to me because he's saying, I hired somebody, and even though I'm his boss, he has so much power over me because, because he's in drug the drug cartel, cartel that he's going to kill my family if I give you money. If I give you money. Right. Exactly. I'm fine. Exactly. Um, another story. He bought $66,000 worth of lumber. The guy he bought it from, he told to drive to an address in Hattiesburg, which is, I think, about two hours away from where he actually got the lumber, to get a check. But when this guy showed up to this address in Hattiesburg, there was no office at this address. Bryce Mathis eventually did write this guy a check for the lumber. It bounced. The check bounced. (laughs) I don't think Bryce has much money. I don't think so either. <laughs> I think he got, he told Jarrell Poe and these other guys, I'll give you your money at the bank or whatever. And full knowing that there was not going to be money at the bank to pay them back and came up with the plan of, well, I'll just tell them they kidnapped me. Yeah. And that'll get, that'll get them arrested. And the, the other detail in the story is that Mississippi today reached out to Bryce Mathis. They have his phone number, I guess. He did not respond, but they talked to other people who they basically said vaguely know of where Bryce Mathis is usually, and all of them said, well, he's left the state and he's not coming back. And their hypothesis is that he basically called the cops, said, hey, they're kidnapping me, so those guys would get arrested and he could get the hell out. And he could leave the state. And not talk to those people ever again. This is the guy that's they're going to wind up finding his body and Dateline's going to be like, we have no idea who the killer is. <laughs> 25 people saw him the day that he was murdered. No witnesses. So, former NFL player uh, is, well, he's out. He uh, I want to believe he bond. was sleeping on his legs. I do want to believe that part I, of the I, story. I want to believe that part of the story. I want to believe, like, all right, get in the bed. You're sleeping there. <laughs> Give me I'm a sleeping here. I'm sleeping on top of your right. legs. You're not moving anywhere because I'm sleeping on your legs. And that's how we're doing this tonight because you, because the other part of this is, you know, when a bank closes, like the, the, this story started with Bryce Mathis telling them to meet them at a bank where he would get their money out. You know what time the bank yeah. closes, and this guy showed up after the bank closed. Like, clearly, he was never intending to give them money out of this bank. Was not going to happen at any point. The other part that I find interesting, it's 2023. I don't need you to physically go to the bank, take the money out, and physically hand yeah. me cash. Send it to me electronically. That's perfectly plausible. So why am I driving? There was another guy in this story who was involved in this situation but didn't show up, and they talked to him, and he was like, thank God I didn't. I'd have been arrested. But he was like, yeah, he told me to show up to get his money, and he and he said, 
He's told me that three times, and every time I show up, he doesn't have the money, so I'm not coming again. Was this guy involved with the... Yeah, he was involved he was in the involved marijuana. With Poe? Yeah, and he's just said, I didn't show up because the guy, he never has the money. Why would I, why would I fly into a state or drive into a different state right. when I know if, the guy's not going to have the money? He's not going to pay him. Incredible. This guy's one of like the biggest con men in Mississippi. Well, you, well you bring, not anymore. You bring a, a bunch of witnesses forward about who this guy is, and I think Jarrell Poe's not getting uh, uh, docked for kidnapping. My, he, here's the thing, though. He had to pay a $100,000 bond to get out of jail. So this is, uh, according to the story, he gave $300,000 as an investment to start and then was like, all right, I want my money back. You're screwing me around here. And now had to pay $100,000 to get out of jail. And he's not getting that money back. Well, he gets the he gets the bond back if he shows yeah, up. Yeah, if he shows right? up for he shows up. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You get the bond back if he okay. shows up. You pay ten percent of that. So might be out four hundred thousand dollars eventually. No. I, I mean this guy's not Brett this Bryce Mathis guy's not yeah, showing and back he's up. The, and if they if they find him liable in civil court, you know who enforces civil court? Nobody. <laughs> Which is why you that's why OJ's never had to pay any of the money on the civil trial. Yeah, they may never see this Bryce guy I, again. I'm pretty sure even if if Jarrell Poe won everything, this Bryce Mathis guy doesn't have the money. Right. Oh, no. Yeah, no he's judgment-proof. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. He does, he's not going to have the money. He's like, oh, yeah, I spent yeah. it all already. I, I went was to in Ho- Hawaii. I went to Hawaii. <laughs> you want the airline miles I got for that? <laughs> I guess I can give you those instead. So, uh, yeah, don't uh, give Bryce Mathis $300,000 to open a marijuana company in Mississippi. Dear God. Yeah. How does this, I I don't understand how this is in the modern age is still happening where you talk to the guy and he's like, I'm going to get you excellent return on investment. And you're just like, why does this sound like Bernie Madoff? So one of the people they talked to that was not involved in this scheme, but has dealt with Bryce Mathis before gave this quote about him. And he's like, the guy's just such a good liar. He's like he, he he's such he a good has liar. To, he has to be he has he, to be a total creep. He's yeah. like you believe everything he yes. says, but he's such he's so good at lying to get that, that much money out of people. That he has to do it. Yeah, like it's like he knows he can lie to anybody and get whatever he wants and get out of any situation. He's our favorite journalist, Stephen. Yeah. Well, who's Stephen? What wait? What did I miss? No, I don't the, fake, know. the fake stories. Oh, Stephen Glass. Yeah, ah, Stephen Glass. Glass. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What if this is Stephen Glass with a new identity? <laughs> Named Bryce Mathis. Probably couldn't pull off being Stephen Glass isn't pulling off 28. Yeah, I was, was going to say, Stephen Glass has been around for a while. Unless he's really good at lying about what his face looks like, too. <laughs> he's a shapeshifter. I just... I, I, This reminds me of all the athletes getting suckered into uh, crypto. Where it's just like, there are no risks. Okay, you lost me. Well, they all got paid to be in it. Well, I think a lot of them actually were like invested well, yeah. in it. Yeah. Did you invest in crypto? I mean, if you invest in crypto at the right time, you still made a lot of money. All right. On fake horses. <laughs> Coming up and next, chicken. not Cassie Soto. He's got a proven history of being able to develop a heck of a run game uh, in every stop that he's ever been in. Got a proven track record of tremendous relationships with all the quarterbacks that he's ever worked with. And he's gotten great, had, had success with all the quarterbacks that he's worked with. Back to the Finley Toyota Studios for Granny and Bischoff on the Press Box. Joining us now from the San Diego Union Tribune is Mark Ziegler. Good morning, Mark. Thanks hey, Mark. for joining us on short notice. Uh, no problem. Glad to be here. 
Uh, I know we are uh, going to get to some UNLV Mountain West San Diego State basketball, but more importantly, as a Raiders fan, who do you want to be their quarterback next year? Not Tom Brady. <laughs> Anybody else that's fine? Uh, any, anybody under the age of 40. <laughs> I'm on it. Uh, look, I think, I, think, uh, I, I think quarterback has become a young man's position in this game. Um, and if you look at the, you know, the final four quarterbacks left, they're all young. Uh, and I think you've got to be young, you've got to be energetic, you've got to have legs. And, and I think just trying to go the retread route maybe works for a season, but most likely doesn't. So I'd like to see someone younger. So not Aaron Rodgers either, even though he's, I think he's 39. No. So technically he's under 40. Yeah. He'll turn 40 as a Raider. So <laughs> now, do you... I have any confidence that they're going to go, they're going to do the right thing and go young? No, but yeah. you know, one can hope. What would you do with Josh Jacobs? Tag him? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think you have to, uh, that was kind of a mistake I think on their part, but maybe it motivated him into a good season. And so it's hard to know. Uh, but yeah, I think you got to tag him. So you got to tag him and just talk really bad about him to keep him motivated then, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. In the Mountain West, I know when we talked to you uh, right at the start of conference play, we had the conversation about the conference being you know, pretty good and how many wins could win the Mountain West and how it might be maybe a low win total for the actual champion. San Diego State only has one loss so far. Can the Aztecs win like 15 Mountain West games this year? You know, it's going to be, we'll know a lot more after this week or next week. They, they have a stretch here. Well, it started with Utah State on Wednesday where they, four of their, of their five opponents were right behind them in the standings, you know, second, third, fourth, um, within a game or so of them. And, um, you know, we'll find out. If they can start beating these teams and knocking them off and getting some separation, yeah, there's a chance. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a weird San Diego State team. I think they're slightly better than everybody else in the Mountain West, but slightly doesn't always win you games. Uh, and they still have to go at Nevada, at Boise, at Utah State, at New Mexico. So if they're going to go 15-3, and they got to run the table at home uh, and, and split those four. Uh, I don't know if they can do that. We'll see. Um, you know, they haven't been a team that has, has you know, they, they get up on teams big, and, and then they just kind of take their foot off the pedal. So I'm not sure they can do that over the long term. One thing I will say that San Diego State has an advantage of, it's an interesting statistic, is they use their bench quite a bit. Uh, they go nine deep. Uh, their bench, bench usage uh, metrics are, you know, top 50-ish in the country. The other four teams right behind them in the Mountain West, so Utah State, Boise State, New Mexico, and Nevada, all are in the 300s. Basically, they're not playing their bench, and that could be a factor as you get into middle late February. You get some dead legs there, and, and you take a couple bad losses. Of those four, is Reno the most surprising to you? Uh, Reno or Utah State? Um, you know, both, but both those teams to me are kind of the same. They, they're kind of paper tigers. They really, uh, they don't have a lot of, they have no really big non-conference wins. Um, and they've kind of, you know, scraped along and, and done okay at home and struggled a little bit on the road sometimes. Um, but I would put those two together. I mean, they're picked like eight, nine or seven, eight in, in the preseason poll. Not that the media knows anything, uh, but you know, I, I think a lot of people didn't expect what we've seen from them. Uh, I know San Diego State and Boise State haven't played yet, but is Boise State the number two team in this conference to you? Yes, yes. And I think they're pretty close to San Diego State. They've been playing well. But, again, they're, they're not a deep team, and they've been banged up. Uh, you saw the other night, I mean, they, they played a horrible first half against uh, a Fresno State team missing its leading score and ended up winning. But, you know, those are the type of games that you can drop if you don't have your full complement of players as you get into, uh, you know, March. I mean, this is such a brutal 
conference from the travel standpoint. I don't think the rest of the country understands how hard of a travel league this is. Um, you don't have travel partners. You're taking nine separate trips. Uh, you know, for most teams, they're all they're all plane trips. Uh, and if you're not a, a a mountain team, you're going in elevation six times a year. Uh, you're going from warm weather to cold weather. All those little things add up, I think, at the end of the day and makes it really, really hard. And so if you're not on your game, particularly this year where the bottom of the conference is pretty decent, um, you can you can drop a game to anybody. you surprised Tim Miles is turning it a little? No, I, I like Tim Miles. And, <clears throat> you know, the thing about that hire to me that was that was really good, besides it being Tim Miles, is that he knew the league. And if you look at coaches – who, who have no familiarity with the league, they usually struggle for a year or two. Um, and you saw that, you know, a little bit at Utah State. You saw that certainly at, at New Mexico. Uh, but I think the try-and-true methodology in this league is, is to have somebody who understands the quirks of this league. Uh, and, it, and I think it helps you turn it a little bit quicker. And for them to be as good as they are uh, with the limited resources they have, the history they have, the, the lack of fan support, media support, all that, it's pretty remarkable, but it doesn't surprise me. I think he's a good hes a good guy. We all know that, but he's a good coach, too. Maybe there's just too much actual respect and professionalism, but how many times do you think over the last decade San Diego State coaches have looked at the Mountain West standings and laughed at UNLV? Uh, I don't think they're that malicious, but they shake their heads. I mean, the stat that they always bring up is how many head coaches they've had in the same time that San Diego State has had two. Um, and I think that's that you know that just speaks to continuity and stability uh uh having a program having a you know having a culture all those things yeah they're clichés but they mean something and and it's and and this is the greatest proof of that um you know the, the rebs are not going well this year does it mean kevin kruger's a bad coach or maybe it means that you know you've had too much turnover and that's what it's become it's become a a turnstile school where you're always bringing in new guys and you're always trying to set a new culture and you don't really have anything when you can look back. You know, they had that, obviously, with Tark. He was there forever. They had a culture. They knew what kind of players they wanted. They knew what the expectations were. And when you keep changing your coach, um, you know, for whatever reason, sometimes because they're not very good, sometimes because they leave, um, it, it's never going to be good. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing with, with the Reds. It's sad to see. You know, it's nice to see New Mexico turn a little bit. But I think for this league, really to get back to, it, to what it can be, I think the Reds have to turn it, too. If you're on the committee right now, you're you're guessing uh, because we always kind I think kind of overvalue uh, some teams here, and and they just kind of it plays out as it is. What do you think about this league in terms of how many bids it can actually get? That can actually legitimately get. I think three is pretty legitimate right now with San Diego State, Boise, and and New Mexico. But you also have to see how it plays out. Um, New Mexico again has one good non-conference win. And then the rest of them, there's not even some, like, there's a couple okay, but they have a ton of two, 250s and 300s in there. They had a really, really soft schedule. I think maybe they're a little bit ahead of schedule in the rebuild, and that's why they had a softer schedule, just trying to collect some wins. Um, but, you know, what's interesting to me is, is and, and this is going to be a fascinating selection Sunday when it comes to the Mountain West and, and its impact on the rest of the country. If they take four or even five teams, I mean, the new commissioner says we're getting five in. I, it just shocks me to hear that, but okay, it's optimistic. If they get four or five in, I don't know why. If you're another team around the country, particularly mid-major, you'd play anybody in the non-conference because there's some teams in this league like Utah State, um, New Mexico, um, you know, who played absolutely nobody 
in the non-conference. And they did, and, and the committee is always talking about you got to challenge yourself, got to challenge yourself, got to play tough games. We want to see you play tough, even if you lose them. We want to see you put yourself out there. And if they let teams in just based on beating other Mountain West teams, who didn't beat anybody in the non-conference, uh, you know, I, it'll it, it it will have reverberations, I think, around the country. I mean, when you look at this league, there are really only three good non-conference wins. One's over Ohio State, who I think has eight losses, maybe nine by now. Uh, uh, two are over a St. Mary's team that is very good in the metrics, but I think is still a little suspect, has not played the meat of its schedule in the WCC, lost to Colorado State at home, so how good can they really be? Uh, lost to Washington. Um, and, and that's it. And that's pretty much the rest. You know, that's pretty much this league. So uh, it'll be interesting on selection setting to see what happens. But I think right now, to answer your question, I think it's three. He is Mark Ziegler from the San Diego Union Tribune. Mark, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks this for morning. taking time, buddy. All right, my pleasure. I'll talk see, to you guys. See you. Uh, so Mark Ziegler on the Mountain West. Because wait, where's Cassie? Cassie just canceled on us. Yeah, she just couldn't do it today. Okay, she just right. couldn't be asked. All right, more important things. Uh, Bracket Matrix, which is the site that takes. She's gonna go on Q's show later in the day. <laughs> Basically, everybody that does brackets, they put it into one and average right. them out. Bracket matrix right now, San Diego State's a six seed, New Mexico an eight, Boise State a nine, Nevada an 11, and Utah State is uh, on the outside looking in. Looks like they are the six. So they've got four out. in right now. So right now would be four with Utah State firmly on the bubble, right? Six team out at this point. You've got a chance to play your way in. Uh, but yeah, those are the current teams that would be in the mountainous. I think he's right with San Diego state, New Mexico and Boise state. Those teams have a really, really, really good shot to get in as long as they don't fall off here. Nevada and Utah state. It might be a matter of one over the other and sort of which one finishes the year better, right. but it might be hard for both of them to get in just because there's not enough. Basically you're going to play each other. You're going to cannibalize yourself is what happens here. And so four, I think four ends up being the number. I think maybe Nevada does enough to get in. Unless, you know, UNLV beats Nevada this weekend, and then that's a bad loss. It's actually, if, if UNLV beats Nevada this weekend, there's a chance it's a quad one game for Nevada. Yes. Because UNLV's would jump back into the, could, could, could jump, jump back, back into in the 75, 75, which would get it a quad one road game for Nevada. So losing the game would make it a better loss for Nevada. <laughs> Winning the game would make it a worse win for Nevada. There's the net for you. All right. We got Luke Bryan tickets to give away. He is playing at Resorts World on Friday, February 10th. And we got two tickets for you right now. Luke Bryan tickets, 702-364-1100, February 10th at Resorts World. Be caller number nine at 702-364-1100 to go see Luke Bryan. I was busy working and sort of doing my practice, and I didn't feel the need to acknowledge him. So um, I didn't see a T come in my direction at all, but uh, apparently that's what happened. And if rules were reversed and I had to throw that tea at him, I'd be expecting a lawsuit. I got a subpoena on Christmas Eve. Like, I mean, I'm, I, I don't see, like, you can't pretend like nothing's happening, right? I think that's the thing. It's like, why? That's, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're living in reality here. He's not. You're locked in the press box. How are they doing this weekend? Neither one of them are playing well. Uh, he's in Dubai. He's not at the farmer's. Oh, lines. they're He's not a, even at this. No, they're no. In Dubai. They had to be separated. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Come on. Get the golfing at a real tournament. Why? Rory McIlroy is tied for fourth in Dubai. Okay. Oh, he's tied with Patrick Reed. Oh, let's go. No, is he? <laughs> yeah, they're tied. They're both uh, They're both six under. Let's go. Get them on the same pair together. Or whatever. Sunday coming down the That'd 18th. be great. That'd be great. 
be phenomenal there. Uh, here's an interesting story. Miami fired their offensive coordinator this morning. Miami is coached by Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal was the head coach at Oregon. And his offensive coordinator was Marcus Arroyo, who has not been hired for a job yet, which no. means UNLV is still paying him. And we're late in the whole coach hirings process here, right? So Miami, like Miami firing their offensive coordinator on January 27th is a little weird. Wonder if he's had interest, but he's like, nah, I'm making too much from these other people. You might. You might very well. That's what I I said it about uh, Kingsbury, who got on a plane and went to Thailand. Yeah. You got buyout money. You don't have to work. Yeah. You don't need to throw yourself back into that. Take some time off. Relax for a little bit. But uh, I've seen Miami fans on Twitter speculating that they're going to hire Arroyo. God. Simply because he was under His connections Mario to Cristobal, Cristobal yeah. at Oregon. So potentially UNLV will have to stop. We'll get to stop paying Marcus Arroyo in the near future because Miami's going to hire him as an offensive coordinator. Or he turns him down and says, no, I'm good, Mario. Call me back <laughs> next year. But I'm taking a year off. He can take I'm gonna live off these UNLV yeah. folks. You're gonna give me seventy five percent of my salary until I find a job, so I'm not finding one anytime soon. What if he's just like, Yeah, I'll be your coach, but let's announce it in August. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's wait a few months. I want two more months of my payments. Let me get a few a few more dollars out of this here. I um, got this Mathis guy. He's got he's supposed to hook me up <laughs> with some investments. <laughs> Do you want in on this? <laughs> it's a marijuana company in Mississippi. <laughs> Might not be legal there yet, but it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I heard Jarrell Poe's involved too. Uh, another story. This is uh, from the Fox affiliate in Philadelphia. The police department has already come out and said they are going to grease the traffic and light poles across the city. Good. That's just that's just smart. Wait, Ed Ed's look tells me he doesn't know why. In Philly, yeah. yeah. Kira have something to do with this? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> no, they're going to grease the light poles so that people can't climb up them after the Phillies or the Phillies after the Eagles win. Oh, when man. when they won the Super Bowl, people were climbing light poles yeah. and everything, and flipping cars and burning down buildings. Someone punched a police horse. Yeah. Oh, I, I do remember that. I do That's remember like the horse the getting one punched. Town that they don't know how to handle winning. Somebody also ate horse horse crap. Out oh, of come the on! Stop! Horse. Stop! <laughs> Move on. Oh, so, you serious? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they said they said they would at the beginning of the season, and yeah. it was like, Dave, we weren't uh, being serious. I said I would. No one wants you to. Right. Yeah, yeah. But he grabbed someone. I remember the horse being punched. I don't remember the uh, latter oh, yeah. part of that. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. So this isn't even the Super Bowl though. This is the NFC Championship. They're greasing up the light poles, ready to go. So. Yeah, calm down. If you make the if you make if you win the NFC championship, don't go climb the light poles. You gotta save that for when you win the Super Bowl. That's true. That's true. Right. You're over you're you're a little early there yeah. with the, uh, the they celebrations. Might, they might put up like police officers at each pole if they win the Super Bowl. They're just in the poles outside the stadium? Stop them. It's just in the it's in the city. Because the downtown part of Philly of poles. is not super close to where the actual stadium district is, right. all their all their stadiums in the same area. So I think it's just the downtown area. Maybe they do it around the stadium too. Who knows? But there's yeah. nothing down by the stadium. Right. I mean, I'm sure there's light poles. There's a lot of chain link fences. <laughs> I think I, those up too. I, I'm 90 percent sure when I went to a Phillies game, I parked in a just a like, yeah, we just scrap cars right here. <laughs> so I was like, all right, yeah. So, but the, you got to have a city to destroy 
after you win the Super Bowl, so you can't destroy it after winning the NFC no. Championship. No, you, that's no. what Pro Bowl week's for, rebuilding. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they can go across the river into New Jersey it's, it's and like, destroy something It's in like New tornado season in the Midwest. You just, you know, tornadoes wipe out the entire town. FEMA comes in, you rebuild so that next week the tornadoes the tornado wipe out the wipe entire out the town. town. Should it, if, if the Phillies win... Eagles. It, God, I keep saying Phillies. If the Eagles win, thank you, Danny. Shouldn't they go into New Jersey and destroy a different city? That would be that would be next level. Thank Actually, you. you know, now that I'm thinking it, most of the Eagles fans probably live in New Jersey. They probably live there. Yeah. And, they don't actually live yeah. in, so they're like, yeah, I don't live here. Let's right. let's tear down this light pole and or flip AP. this car over. Yeah, you keep bringing it up. You asked us to stop bringing it up, and you're bringing it up. You have questions I'm, about I'm, it. I'm lost on that. I'm lost on that. I just can't believe someone went through the. You mean you that. didn't do that after the Dodgers won the World Series? <laughs> no. I, what was wrong with you? I celebrated in different ways <laughs> with his probably credit had, card. <laughs> probably had the Diet Pepsi. He got the credit card. <laughs> the wife went, "Okay, you're allowed three purchases," <laughs> and he went, Ooh. "Oh, on the on the gear, <laughs> yeah, on the gear." I mean, I told you after the Astros won the World Series, there was the Phillies fan right outside the ballpark. Surrounded by like 40 Astros fans, and everybody was just chanting chug while he was chugging a beer. I didn't remember that. Oh, yeah. I don't know where this Phillies fan came from. I don't know why he was why by was himself. Why was he there in terms of chugging the beer? I don't know. I just Astros walked out, fans. heard everybody yelling chug, and could see a Phillies fan, you know, bottoms up and with surrounded by a bunch of Astros fans. How quickly did you buy your gear? Uh, not that quickly. It was way too expensive. Took me a while. Got it on sale before Christmas.